A season of growth. That is our stewardship theme for this year. We're looking at the ways God helps us grow as we use the gifts God has entrusted to us. There's so many gifts we could name, but for today, I'd like us to consider the gift of leadership. And when it comes to leadership, some people ignore it, some people resist it, some people don't like it, and some people simply take it for granted. Decisions are good, we are told, not on the basis of intrinsic worth, but in proportion to the number of people involved in making them. We have been claimed and had by the romantic notion that anybody's word is as good as anybody else's word on any subject. Just look at the influence of Facebook. Friends, there are times when leaders need to lead and make the difficult choices others are reluctant to make. And we need committees and organizations if large numbers of people are to be focused for synergy. As a church family focused for being faithful and fruitful and helpful in the world, we want to be more than the sum of our individual parts. Unfortunately, there are times when this little quip is true. When all is said and nothing is done, the committee meeting is over. The style of leadership in the church is intimately connected to our growing in faith. Almost without exception, whenever Paul lifts up gifts in the body of Christ, he mentions leadership. Listen again to the two verses from our 1 Corinthians passage, which Michael read for us. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, and various kinds of tongues. So what are leaders, and what do they do? Often, we too easily assume that anything in the world of business and management must be good. We can become preoccupied with efficiency and technique as an end rather than a means. Management by objective, systems analysis, outcomes-based evaluation, coaching, and a host of leadership models are often presented as new messiahs rather than as useful contemporary approaches to problem solving. Leaders in the church pull the best from a variety of models that best meet their particular situation to more effectively become wise and proper stewards of our human and material resources so that God's mission can be realized through us. The church exists to minister to and serve the world. It doesn't exist to serve itself. Jesus took a towel. Do you remember that scene? I suspect most of us have a, a mental picture of that upper room on the night before Jesus was crucified. As though to settle their dispute over which should be the greatest among them, Jesus took a towel and proceeded to wash and wipe the disciples' feet. Jesus was downward bent. We keep wanting to go up, up, up. It was Jesus' manner to go down, down, down. Clearly, 
He was one among us as one who served. Service is the stamp of those who are authentically his. Service, not exploitation. Service, not manipulation. Service, not domination. Service, not vocational climbing. Jesus took a towel. It was the way the master went. Should we not follow it as well? For this reason, the stole, the stoles that Michael and I wear, they are emblematic of the towel. And such is fitting for ministers to wear, rather than an apt academic hood, which only proves that we spend a lot of time in school. And Jesus also said, follow me. What an intrusive command that was for those who heard it and obeyed. They were radically rerouted, religiously, vocationally, personally, and socially changed. It took an assertion of leadership to issue that imperative. Jesus had a job to do, and he needed to get it done. He was in charge of his operation. It was Jesus who, who, who directed the starts and stops of that initial band of disciples. He didn't get up in the morning in neutral so that outside forces, kind or evil, could push him around. There's no record of his ever asking, where shall we go? Or what shall we do? You see, service and, and leadership can go hand in hand. However, in many cases in the world, they do not. How many times in the world of politics and national governments have you seen leaders wanting to be served? I fear that, that too many people shy away from leadership because they think everybody should have an equal say on everything. Or they don't want to risk taking a stand and potentially alienating someone or having others not like them. Here's Paul Appleby's prescription. Leaders, before acting, make sure they know the answer to four questions. Who's going to be mad? How mad? And who's going to be glad? And how glad? Anybody who is willing to follow Jesus and at the same time take on a position of leadership in the church risks being, at times, disliked. Being attached to Christ means more than being liked by everyone around you. When I took conflict management as part of my doctoral studies, the teacher of the course jokingly commented one day, what makes a good leader is the ability to keep those who don't like you away from those who aren't sure. <laughs> Most of you know the Beatitudes. Here's another one I'd like to suggest. It won't be remembered like those recorded in Matthew and Luke, but it makes a point nonetheless. Blessed are those who fulfill the position they occupy. Every position of leadership in the church is important, and every area of our church that requires a leader needs a leader who will lead. Blessed are those who fulfill the position they occupy. Now, I need to say a few words about ordained and licensed leadership and lay leadership. Clergy and 
lay ministers and clergy and licensed ministers, people like, like Michael and me, have a primary responsibility for teaching, preaching, and administering the sacraments. The priesthood of all believers was never intended to unreverendize those of us who are ordained. In other words, to take away our ordination so that everybody's part of the priesthood of all believers. We need, we need ordained clergy. I believe a church is healthiest when it has a strong staff leadership and strong lay leadership. And here I mean this as, as partners, not as competitors. The latter would suggest competing for power. The former understands leadership as service. There are different types of leadership in the church, to be sure, different roles to play. But I want to stress, all forms of leadership are important, from the president of Women's Fellowship to our Christian Action Ministry Team chair and all the others who head up ministry teams, boards, committees, and our life here at the church. Blessed are those who fulfill the position they occupy. A week ago today, at our Vespers evening service, we celebrated the lives of many, many people who've gone before us. As I looked through the list of names, I called to mind a a number who had offered leadership in the church. As I think of our church family today, a diversity of gifts has been richly bestowed upon this congregation. We need to celebrate and allow for the differences. Not all of us teach in a formal sense, but all of us can teach with the example of our lives. Not all of us can give large financial gifts to the church, but but all of us can give generously and joyfully out of all that's been given to us. And not all of us can lead in formal ways, but we can take the lead in service, which is the way of Christ and his church. When everyone is responsible for everything, no one is responsible for anything. Not only is there diversity of gifts, there need to be different gifts and skills if as a church we are to be organized and effective. Organization, structure, committees, ministry teams, and leaders are not bad. They are needed if we are to be the body of Christ. A body is organized and hangs together. It's not, it's not chaos. But neither is care of the body the end all. Organizations and leadership are not the ends, but the means for accomplishing what God would have us do in the world. The spirit of service, the downward bent, belongs to all who bear the name of Christ. And when it comes to ministerial leadership, most congregations have a wise way of following their ministers only in so far as they see them follow Jesus. Ernie Campbell, who was the past senior minister of Riverside Church in New York City, shares this insight. A sower went forth to sow. I like that. Forth to sow. Not to discuss the soil, not to compute his pension, not to count the days to his next vacation, not to salivate for other tracts of land 
rumored to be more fertile, not to complain about a depressed produce market, not to introspect his psyche, not to puzzle why some like him a little, some a lot, and others not at all. A season of growth. A sower went forth to sow. A teacher went forth to teach. A preacher went forth to preach. A giver went forth to give. And a leader went forth to lead. A dispute arose among them as to which one of them was to be regarded as the greatest. But Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors, but not so with you. Rather, the greatest among you must become like the youngest, and the leader like one who serves. For who is greater, the one who's at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. Jesus took a towel. Jesus said, follow me. They also serve who lead. Let your leadership be service, or let your service be a leading example, and let nothing hold you back. May we, as as individuals and as a congregation, be faithful and fruitful as we go and grow with God. Amen. Again, Michael and I would like to have another conversation just to simply go over some of the things that we're exploring here in this season of growth, especially as we think of leadership. Uh, Not just the leadership that we provide to the congregation, but the way we all can offer gifts of leadership in the church together and, and how when those gifts are mingled together, we can truly be more than the sum of our parts. And, and that's the beauty of the church when God calls us to be more than we can be individually. So um, we want to talk just a little bit about that, that gift of, of leadership and how important it is uh, in, in our lives together as the neighborhood church. So, Michael, do you want to, you want to start off with a few thoughts? Sure. When I, when I grew, I call it when I grew in God, I had the kind of indwelling calling to serve, and I was fortunate enough to serve on the board of trustees here at the church, and I also was fortunate enough to serve as the church moderator. And it was those two experiences that made me see not only the job of the leader of those two groups, but the free and willing giving of the members of those groups, not to themselves, but to God. And they felt called to serve. And I know there are a multiplicity of other groups and so forth in this church, some of which I was a part of. But that was my first introduction to seeing people who were called and answered that call incredibly well. And that's really what led me on as I grew more into God 
into the ministry, not for ego, not to get noticed, but all those people and myself came from a genuine feeling of the call to service, and part of that call is to lead. Once again, that's why I was the head of the board of trustees. That's why I was the moderator of the church, and that's why I am a licensed minister, is I have a, a strong call to serve God in many different capacities, but I also have a God-given ability, I think, to lead folks to that call and to lead folks through that call to become closer to God. Hmm. Thank you. Um, as I think back on some of the formative things in my life, it was it was in seeing others who had committed their lives to Christ before I made that decision. Maybe it was coming slowly. I don't remember exactly when I became a Christian, but but I do know that the example of others who gave of themselves uh, that selfless love of bending toward others in need, that, that that really had a powerful impact on my wanting to go into the ministry in the first place. Um, not not so much because of, of the acknowledgement or uh, getting rich or any of the things that, that one could pursue in other, in other uh, ways, but to truly offer my life as a gift back, recognizing how gifted I had been in the first place. And so, so seeing that uh, ability to share, I wanted to be a part of that. And so once I connected myself to Christ and agreed to be a disciple and to answer the call, then it was, it was so easy to, to begin giving. And I wanted to learn how I could be more effective in doing that. And, and that included leadership, learning skills to help others. As Michael was saying, help others uh, utilize and discern their gifts so that their gifts could be shared as well with the entire community of faith as we all seek to reach out and serve the world. So uh, I think that's an important part of it. But I also think that when we think of how we work together and how the, 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 the sum of the parts is more than just the total individual pieces put together, uh, we both recognize how that works in the church in terms of people's time. So I know you wanted to say another word about that as well. Well, I have always been amazed, especially in this church, to see the number of people that are willing to serve. I started making a list of all the boards and the ministries and so forth, and I, I quite frankly, I couldn't remember them all. But when you take all of the different ways we can serve in this church and multiply them by the people who agree to lead those boards and ministries, and then you take the people who agree to be on those boards and ministries, it's an enormous group of people, and they all want to do it. They all want to serve God and serve this church, either through being a member of those groups and doing the, quote, legwork of those groups, and being a leader of those groups, who, in addition to the legwork, coordinates things. That's an enormous commitment that people make, but they make it over and over and over again because they have the skills given by God to do what that ministry or group calls them to do and to lead that ministry or group. And that is an incredible gift. Right. And I would just um, add to that, that that when he mentioned all the people who are not necessarily leaders of those groups, but participants, uh, as I alluded to in the sermon, people can lead by example. 
You don't have to be the chair of a ministry team to be a leader. Doing the work behind the scenes to allow the impact of the ministries of our church to have an effect on the world, on each other, and how we grow as a community of faith. The behind the scenes uh, research work, the behind the scenes uh, legwork, as Michael mentioned, just the detail oriented things, putting things together physically and doing things in terms of mailings and other kinds of things allow us to do and be more than we can ever be uh, alone on our own. So this way of, of sharing together recognizes that as a church, uh, we're all equal as children of God and in the eyes of God, but we have different gifts and different roles to play. And some of those are leading and organizing so that we can all do and become more together than we can alone. So uh, leadership in the church is a gift when it is a, a servant leadership, not a lording leadership. And that happens too many times in the world around us. But in the church, we seek to be servant leaderships. And we always are inviting everyone to share their gifts as servant leaders in the neighborhood church.